0: You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning. Am I on or are they not on? One of the two. Am I? I think I'm muted. Good morning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 16. That's what will be there here today. Before we get there, let me just catch everybody up. We're in the middle of this series. We're calling Good News People. Um, the good news of Jesus Christ the, the fact that he died and he rose again for you is the good news. The thing that has the ability to transform and change our lives, the thing that, that shifted the entire uh, history of humanity in a moment of time the fact that Jesus went to the cross. And he died a sinner's death for you. Now Jesus tells us that anyone who puts their faith in him and in him alone and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord believes in their heart that he died and rose again shall be saved. We call these people Christians. And many of you in the room may be Christians. Maybe you're, you're still checking these things out. Maybe this is a new thing for you uh, in this in this journey of figuring out who this Jesus guy is really about. But this whole series has been about what does, what does it really mean for Jesus' good news to be good news in our life again? And we spent three weeks getting up into this point where we're gonna start making a shift to how do we start to share this good news with those that we come in contact with? How do we actually let the good news just come out of us and permanently out of us and affect the lives of those we come around? One of my, one of my life verses is, is John 10.10. 10. And Jesus is quoting, he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it doesn't take much time for us to be able to look around our lives and around our nation, around our communities, around our schools, and look at the places that the enemy has stolen from us, has killed us, and has destroyed things that we held precious and we loved. The enemy is good at what he does. But in that quote, Jesus counterbalances it. And he says, I have come to give you life and give it to the full. Others, other translations use the, the term abundant life, life beyond imagination. And I don't know about you, but I want to be able to get to the end of my life and be able to say, man, Jesus, what a ride. I never thought you'd be able to take me to those places. I never thought you would ask me to do those things. I never thought my life would make an impact the way that it's been made. I want that full life. I want that abundant life. But I think for many of us Christians, that that we come to to the the salvation or, or saving knowledge of who Jesus is, and we can check the box but we don't fully experience everything the good news has for us day in and day out. Then we get stuck in this place and we never get to that place where we feel like our life is making a difference and then it matters. We're not fully seeing the power of Jesus in our lives through us as it impacts others around us. And that's what we're talking about today. In Matthew chapter 16, we're going to be looking at this account and this conversation that Jesus has with Peter and then with his disciples. And if you're taking notes, we're, we're calling this sermon, Lose Your Life for the Sake of Christ. Or Lose Your Life for Christ's Sake. Christ's possibly yes sake. Let's be very clear. We are a church. <laughs> Matthew 16, starting in verse 21. Let's look at how we find this full life, this abundant life, this life that makes a difference and matters. Verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, that he must be killed, and on the third day raised to life. Say, good news. Good news, that is good news. Verse 22, Peter took him aside and he began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to him and said, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me and you have you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Right? Jesus was headed to the cross. There was a mission that Jesus was on earth to complete. Right? He had to go to the cross to save his humanity, his people, his creation. He needed to give them a way out. God was longing for this day where he could be fully restored back to his people, where, where he can commune with them and be with them and they know him and he know them, getting all the way back to the creation of time before sin into the picture. Jesus knew he had to go to the cross to restore that because he loved his creation. He missed his creation. He missed that level of relationship with you and me. So he went back to the cross. That was the mission. And Peter being human like many of us do we're like whoa, whoa whoa you're gonna die there like don't go back to jerusalem that seems like a dumb idea because we miss the big picture and i think all too often we get so fo- honed in and focused in on on that one thing right in front of us that we miss all the things that god is really doing and we miss the ways that we get to partner with him to see his power on display because we're just focused on the here and now right, what's right in front of us jesus continues and then jesus said to his disciples verse 24 whoever wants to be my my disciple must deny themselves take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it weird thing for jesus to say to most of us right Lose your life, what does that even mean? That's what we're going to unpack today. Losing our life so we can fully experience the full life, the abundant life that Jesus has for us. Losing our life is simple. Well, simply put, hard to practice. It's putting Jesus' dreams and desires before my own. Right? It's allowing my life to change its operating system so I have a different way to look at life and view life, live in the grace and love for people. By being, being allowing, allowing Jesus to change how I view things, allowing my goals to shift in this life to be the things that I want, to make me feel secure and safe and become the things that Jesus wants so I have impact and meaning and make a difference. But to get to that full life, to get to that abundant life, to get to that life that Jesus said is available to me, I've got to die to self. I've got to let go of the things that I'm holding on to. I've got to let go of the dreams that Jesus isn't a part of and say, your ways is greater than my ways. Right? There's a different mission. There's a different importance that's at play here. And if we choose to align ourselves with that, we get to experience all that Jesus has from that. Over and over again, this, this idea of losing our lives for a greater one. Uh, Jesus talks about it all throughout all the Gospels, multiple times. In John 12, he says it this way, Anyone who loves uh, their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Whoever serves me must follow me where I am. My servants will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Paul's quoted in Galatians saying it this way, it's no longer I who live, but Christ crucified lives through me. It's realigning our priorities. It's realigning what we value. And in a lot of ways, this realignment is, is in direct violation to, to so many things we believe to be true. Like the American dream, having a, having a healthy and, and, and uh large retirement funds so I can survive and live this life as I want to live it. Right? It's having this grind of day-to-day where I'm, I'm living for a paycheck because that's what we do. Jesus said, no, 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 you're missing the point. It's more than that. It's not that those are necessarily bad things, but Jesus said, there's a, there's a bigger thing at play here. Chasing these things, you're going to become slaves to these things rather than becoming slaves to me where, where the life, that true life is found where life of meaning and purpose is, is experienced. This is the life that we should all be chasing for. At, at one point during, during the, the sermon prep for this message, it was called killing selfishness because that's really what's happening here, right? It's getting rid of these selfish desires, these things that I want all the time, right? And if we're all honest, we are all very selfish people, right? Or maybe I'm just telling you, you, everyone in 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 the room, I'm a very selfish person. You can agree with me or not agree with me. But we're all selfish people. That's that sin nature inside of us. But the reality is if we live in that selfish place, we let selfishness win in our lives, we never get to the fullness that God has for us because we've just been serving what we wanted. We never get to see the big things that Jesus wanted to do in us and through us because we're so focused on the one thing in front of us. Sure, it's terrifying and scary. To remove a safety net that we've created for ourselves, that's a scary moment. But this is what faith looks like. This is what trusting God really looks like. If you want to experience the fullness, you want to experience everything God has for you, who knows what it could be? Who knows where he could take you? Who knows the people you're gonna impact? Who knows how you could shift and change a community? You, by yourself, with Jesus. But he's just looking for Christians to say, okay, God, I'm gonna do it your way. I'm not talking about moralism. I'm not talking about doing all the right things and, and avoiding these things and doing these things. I'm talking about living a life that puts their trust in Jesus rather than in ourselves. Saying, no, my God brought himself back from the dead. No one in history has pulled that one off. Before or since. That's the power that exists inside my God. And if that's the power that exists inside my God, He can do anything, whether I see it happening in front of me or not. He's at work. But it takes us to say, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. Me and what I want leads to mundane. Me and what I want leads to a life like everybody else. And here's the reality. You could have lived the majority of your life up to this point. You can still experience this life for the rest of it and for eternity. You're still breathing. Your story's not over. God still desires a work in you and through you. He wants to see His power on display. But it's getting uncomfortable. It's getting outside of the, the, those places where we feel safe and secure. And taking some rest and seeing what God can do seeing the impact that he could have through me. It's this level of sacrifice, this level of service, this level of humility that Jesus is asking us to take on. We miss it because it's about me, 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 me. But we start to let that die. We start to realize where our true identity is found. We gain confidence. I was reading this during my, my time with Jesus. I think it was... Let me see if I can find it. It was either yesterday or this morning. It was this morning. And, and this kind of blew me away. And I think it helps us get to that place. If I want to live a life where I'm, I'm not living for self, I'm living for what Jesus wants for me. I want to take risks. I want to have confidence. Look at this, and, and I think the verses will be on the screen. It's John 13, starting in verse 3. says, Jesus knew, I'm going to read it from here. Sorry. This is the Living Trans New Living Translation. It's different than it's on screen. Um, Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up uh, from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into the, big- the, ba- the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he wrapped around him. Did you guys miss it? I missed it the first time I read it too. But I want you to see this. Can you go back to the next screen? Jesus knew that the Father had put all these things under his power. He knew whose he was. Right? That's an identity statement. Jesus knew he came from the Father. He knew he was going back to the Father. He knew who he was. He knew his position in this kingdom. He knew the power that he had access to. He knew who he was. He had this confidence so he got on his throne and he demanded his his followers to do the things that he wanted them to do no so he showed humility he chose to serve he chose to be used by god going back to our verses we read earlier right he, he was still fully human he didn't have to go to the cross that was his choice this is why you know, he, he rebukes Peter in the way that he did. Is like, get behind me, Satan. Because he's like, dude, I don't need to hear this right now. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to do. But I'm going to be obedient to the Father who sent me because I know what he can do. I know what, what exists inside of him. Here's the statement. It's an identity that led to a confidence. And in the midst of that confidence leads to humility. You can go to the next screen. Or don't go to the next screen. It's really up to you. Is there another screen? Ah, there we go. Identity that leads to confidence, that leads to humility. You want greater humility in your life, deal with the things that you're believing, the lies that you're believing that aren't true about your identity. That you are a a daughter or a son of the king. That you are now part of the royal priesthood that you carry a power inside of you because Jesus exists inside of you if you're a believer and a Christian that this world cannot stand against. That my God is a powerful God, that my God cares about me. If I believe these things to be true, that's gonna build a confidence inside of me that I'm willing and more able to show humility because I'm not worried about what you think or what they think. I'm worried about what my God thinks. And if I start to deal with these lies that go all the way back to commun- to my identity, then I'm gonna gain that confidence. So if you're sitting there going, Josh, I can't do that. Like I'm terrified of, of all the different things. What if this happens? What if that happens? I could never take that type of risk for what God may be calling me to do. Check the, the lies that you're believing about who you think you are. Wait, for me, I have no problem believing that my God is more than capable. I've walked long enough with him and seen what he's done. I have no problem believing that God carries the power to stop time if he chooses to. There is no one like him. There is nothing like him. And he is a very good God. Now where my struggles come into being is like he doesn't want to do it for me. That if I take this risk, if I jump out in faith, he's not going to catch me because he's not going to do it for me. That's a lie that I believe that's not who he is. That's not who he is based on my own experience with God. That's not who he is. But I combine that with the experience of so many other that have walked with God and with Jesus in that way and and seen what God has done in their lives. And then we we go through scriptures, his recorded word over and over again and how he's shown up in those places. I can fight and come back those lies. But if I start to deal with identity peace, get to that place where Jesus was, He knew whose he was, and he knew who who God was like. Created this confidence inside of him that he was willing to serve, that he was willing to give his life up for the many, that he was willing to take those risks and those chances to see what God would do. Sure, you and I, we're not Jesus. (laughs) We don't have that, that, that same confidence uh, that Jesus would carry as God himself. But because of Jesus' sacrifice, because of the good news, because of his death and resurrection, if I call him Lord, if I confess he died and rose again, I'm his. I am brought into the, the king line. I am a part of the family. I have access to the same things that everyone else has access to. I now have the power that Jesus has existing inside of me because of what Jesus has done. That's confidence. And when I start to live with that confidence, I'm not worried about everything else going on in life. I'm just worried about doing what Jesus has asked me to do. I want to give up my life to experience the fullness that God has for me because I'm not worried about anything else. I just want to please him and see what he can do. I'm willing to humble myself. It's not about me anymore. It's not about my desires and my wants and, and, and the things that make me feel safe or my insecurities. It's about humbling myself to a place where I can see people and serve people because that's where we're gonna have impact. If we wanna make a difference in this community, in 80907, in this neighborhood, this is where it happens. It's us getting over ourselves. It's us saying, I know I'm uncomfortable. I know I don't wanna do this, but I'm gonna do this anyways because this is what Jesus asked me to do. When I get butt up against those those insecurity, those those, those moments of, of weakness, those moments of lacking of faith, I go back to my identity. No, I'm Jesus's. He died for me and the power that exists inside of him now exists inside of me because of him. And I have confidence again. And I stand up and do the work he's asked me to do. You want to experience the full life? You want to see the difference made? This is where it comes from. Make that connection back to Jesus. If you're at this place where you're like, I I could never see myself doing those things. Get back to Jesus. We talk about this idea all the time. Spend more time with Jesus. Let him speak into your life. Let let him be with you in those moments. When life is hard, he should be the first place you're going to. When life is great, he should be the first place you're going to. It should be good news. He went to the cross for you so you can be with him and spend time with him. That's going to build that identity. That's going to remind you who you are and whose you are. So that confidence can build and you can take that step. That step that may feel like it's the wrong step in reality. You're you're taking a risk on your future. You're taking a risk on how people are going to see you or perceive you. But oftentimes that's how Jesus works. Getting us to those places where, man, I didn't think he was going to come through on this one. And then he did getting us to these places where we're like, God, I don't know what else to do. I'm just gonna, I guess I'm jumping in. And watch what he can do. He needs more bold disciples. He needs more courageous disciples. People aren't going to see the good news, experience the good news, unless his people choose to be the good news. To live that type of life. To show humility and serve first. To see people and love them well let me leave you with this. I'll just read this to you. This is a Philippians um, chapter 2, famous verses on humility. But I'm going to go back just a, a paragraph before getting to chapter 2 because I think these verses are important. These won't be on the screens. I'll just read them to you. But Philippians 1, starting with chapter, or verse 27, it says, whatever happens, this is Paul speaking to Philippians, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ." Then whether I see you or you, or I come to you or see you, and see you, sorry, or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. What is that confidence? Because they know their identity. Striving together as one in faith of the gospel. Confidence. Because their identity as the church. This is the sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that that by God. For if it is granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, this is humility. Since you are going through the same struggles you saw I had, and now here I still have. Therefore, this is typically where we start with these verses. Verse 1 of chapter 2, therefore. This is the therefore. This is why. Because you have this confidence, because you've realized your true identity, you can now live inside of this humility. So therefore, live in this humility. If you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in, in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in Spirit and in, of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value one another above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. This is where a life, this is where that full life exists. Verse 5, "...in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being the very nature God, did not consider himself equally with God, something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing." By taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest places and gave him the name above every name. And that name, uh, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Let me pray for you. Father God, God, we we thank you that, that you call us to more. God, we thank you that you're willing to do a work in the ugliest and darkest places of our lives so we get to experience the fullness that you have for us. God, that you're not scared of those places. You're not scared of our insecurities. They're not too big for you. Uh, they're not you know, beyond your ability to, to intervene. But God, it's in those moments and it's in dealing with those things with you that, that we find our true identity, that we find our confidence so we can go out and serve people and put people above ourselves without the worry of, of how we're going to look or what people are going to think or, or how am I going to take care of or provide for myself? God, you have a work to do with these people. God, you have a work to do with us. You want us to use our lives to make a difference, to to see a change. God, we come in contact every day with people that don't know you. We come in contact every day with with people that haven't experienced your good news. It's good news. The power to transform and change any life, regardless of the life they lived up to that point. God, build in us a deep desire to give up this life for what you have for us. God, when we start chasing dreams that aren't of you or start believing lies that, that the enemy's speaking to us, God, help us combat those things, bring truth and bring our community around us to speak into those things. But God, we all wanna to get to the end of our life and be able to say, man, Jesus, what a ride. We never thought that would be possible. We never thought you'd, you'd take us to the places you did, uh, that do the things that you called, called us to do. God, we never thought we could have this much impact with our simple lives. But God, with you, we can. We want to experience that full life, Lord Jesus. So give us the confidence, fix our identity, and fix our eyes on you, our Perfector, our faith, our Savior, and our Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. We pray today in unison as your body. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church.